Welcome to Best Boys, a film podcast. An amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringiest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother from the same mother, professional Hollywood videographer. Corey with a story. Welcome back, everybody, on the new era of Best Boys. Got a new theme song, intro, all that jazz. Feeling energetic. Yeah, so uh, we had to make a couple changes to the theme song. I had love the old one, love the new one. Uh, the new one's actually um, from uh, my own musical project, um, but uh, figured we want to use something that we can't get copyright issues from. And uh, so here you go. Um, it's from my band BB Guns from a few uh, years ago. Uh, but we're back with Best Boys. Same old Best Boys. Maybe a, a fresh coat of paint audio paint for your ears uh but we are back i did have a little snappy thing to say i forget it was gonna be like you know i'll show you how i make a geek and it's by making them listen to best boys or film podcasts or something like that i think that was what i had in my head um just temporary it's just temporary job just, just a temporary of, job just temporary a little bit of best boys <laughs> Um, but yeah, welcome, welcome back, and we are ready to ready to roll here. So we have two spooky movies today. Um, not really, but yeah, really, and that's kind of how I would describe Guillermo Guillermo del Toro, um, uh, director extraordinaire, who's done both of our films, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth and Nightmare Alley. Um, and I, Guillermo del Toro, I have a, a very eclectic um, association with just because of video games and um, video games and uh, and you just the uh, Hellboy and Blade Two and Critters and he's done a, if you look at his filmography, it's uh, pretty diverse, I would say. Even though there's so much of it that is the same, like the practical effects or mm. what have you. Um, but yeah, what is your uh, lighting? Uh, yeah, what uh, what's your what's your history with the with the Toro man? So I didn't know Blade Two was Guillermo del Toro until you just said. So I would say that's probably the first Guillermo del Toro movie I've seen uh, as a kid, at least. But Hellboy is the one I really like knew. Um, I seen it a bunch as a kid, and I always just thought it was like um, the style is so wild with just the crazy monster practical effects um, and the intentional use on like the big set pieces and everything. And uh, when you mix it with his like, he does this weird colored lighting. It's always like heavy golds or heavy uh, blues and stuff, and just it, it it's so unique. And uh, so now when you like, I would say Pacific Rim is the one thing that is like, which is also crazy to think that. That's the same guy as Pan's Labyrinth and Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, I um, forgot about that. Because that's like, like you could say Hellboy is like a comic book movie, but Crimson Peak is like a kaiju thing that's just Crimson very Peak. much, or not Crimson Peak, Pacific Rim. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pacific Rim. <laughs> Crimson Peak, yeah. Um, but uh, it's just, he's all over the place. But it, I would say a lot of hits, though, mainly hits. I've never even heard of Crimson Peak for some reason. Now that you're... I've seen parts of it, that's a horror movie, obviously. Um, when did it come like, out? Twenty fifteen, like, huh? Yeah, it's, a, it's like in a creepy mansion in like a in like a Transylvania looking mountain. Yeah, thing. Uh, that's all I really remember of it. I remember seeing the trailer and like maybe ten minutes of it in passing. Uh, he was also involved with The Strain, uh, which was a popular television show. I feel like it was popular in the first season, and then I kind of didn't hear as much about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's got a, quite a, a diverse background. Obviously I mentioned the video game thing because he was, he works with Hideo Kojima, um, who is most known for the Metal Gear series. Um, they worked together on the Silent Hills project, which was a demo that never really, um, went further than that, but it's still a really cool, um, experience, horror experience. If you're able to get your hands on it to this day, I still have mine downloaded to my PS4. Um, mm. and uh, they don't. I don't think it's up for download anymore. No, no. You can buy specific PS4s on eBay that are marked up with PT pre-installed. 
uh which is terrible because that was so good i remember you me and joel playing that for the first time it was like the scariest shit any of us would play mm-hmm. uh started that whole like horror video game renaissance uh, yeah yeah it, i don't think it started it i think it was like right because like it was kind of the indie the wave it, before that was like amnesias and whatnot um but it yeah, definitely yeah, that, was following like, in that footsteps yeah uh, yeah alas is after amnesia is definitely the father of that wave mm-hmm. i would say um but all right it's not a video game podcast. Uh, so we got two big ones today. Uh, I I was excited to, double excited to do this. We already had it planned, but uh, they, they did announce the Oscar nominees. And we are going to delve into that, I think, a little bit next week, depending on what we end up falling into. Um, but Nightmare Alley um, is in the new uh, film from Guillermo del Toro. And... It was just nominated for uh, best film. Um, I don't. I didn't. I don't remember if it was any. What, what else it is past that? I know there's more nominations, um, but it is. Uh, so that's exciting, and so I think we're gonna try to do all the the rest of the Oscar nominees this year. We've already watched most of them. We did uh, Power of the Dog. We did. Um, uh, we're doing Nightmare Alley this week. What else did we do? Um, we did licorice pizza, we Belfast, did Dune, and Belfast. Dune. You so, did Don't Look Up, but I, I need to. See I watched Don't Look Up, but I didn't do it for the podcast. I, yeah, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so just best director didn't get that. Um, and I'm sure it's got some other things, but that best picture that's a big that was a big deal. I think uh, people were kind of sleeping on it after it was reported it was not doing anything at the box office, and it was quickly moved to streaming, which is how we actually we ended up watching it. Um, do you want to start? With, I feel like we should start with Nightmare Alley, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, and this might sound dumb, but when I would go to the movies and you'd see the Death on the Nile poster and the Nightmare Alley poster. Like it looks very like very similar movies, but this they both have, have like Art Deco, um, yeah, uh, uh, like vibes in the in the uh, trailers and the posters. Um, I kept thinking that I that whatever the name the movie you just said, Death on the Nile. I kept thinking of that with that. Uh, what's that movie about the train? It was a mystery of the train that. Um, oh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's the spiritual successor. To that, even yeah. though I don't think it's done by Kenneth Branagh, and Kenneth Branagh did Murder on the Orient Express. He's in The Death of the Nile, Kenneth Branagh, yeah. but he's not, he didn't direct it. He directed, I think, Murder on the Orient Express. I think. I think the, are those books too, like a book series, or is it just like random? I don't know if there's any relation. I honestly don't feel like looking into it right now. Uh, uh, we can. Um, but, uh, but that- yeah. So I think we're are we ready to jump in? Did you have anything else? Uh, you you just discovered that he did Blade too. Um, uh, this man's catalog is so uh, eclectic. Is that the right word? Because it's so like all over the place, and it's all good movies. Um, Hellboy two I've heard is even better than the first. Pan's Labyrinth was amazing. Obviously, uh, everything. I don't know. He's just, everything he does in his style is very much you know it's him, but it's all really good. And uh, I just want to see more now. I want to rewatch Blade Two. I want to rewatch the Hellboys and look into the the early work to whatever mimic is. I don't know why. I just want to make a clarification. I mentioned Critters earlier. I don't know why I've associated him with one of those movies. I just I I couldn't find anything on the wiki as I was uh, looking through it while you were talking. Maybe I was thinking of something else. But uh, yeah, crazy uh, eclectic. And he does comedy. He's a comic book comic book movies he's got action kaijus he's got um horror a lot of horror um and uh and whatnot um so what so what did you think about his newest nightmare uh really good really good really fun um like i know it's like a more serious movie but the uh it's i kind of wish there was more of the first half of the movie in the second half Man, but, I feel like you say yeah. that all the time anymore. Well, no, just because I like the cast in the first half. Like, Willem Dafoe is so great in this. And I wish he was in the whole movie instead of just the first I half. I feel like people, because but, of the way that they advertised it, that people are going to feel like that because they're going to expect it to be more about the circus and not realize yeah. that it's only the first, not even a half, probably like yeah. the first third of the movie. 
Yeah, um, once we got to the um when they ran away and did their own thing at like the halfway point, I was like, Oh, okay, this is not this is not that movie. Um or whatever. But the uh the ending is just crazy though. I, I really I, I thought it was good job. I thought Guillermo did a good job in just kind of like because I didn't. You knew he was gonna get like fucked at the end, but I wasn't expecting the full circle completion at the very end, which I won't spoil. Yet, yeah, really, you just went um, right to it. I'm sorry because it's just it, that that for me at least makes the whole rest of the movie so much better. Um, I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way. I thought that the journey was more interesting than the ending uh, for me. Um. I was more interesting in the story and how it was twisting and turning. And then uh, by the time we were getting to that point, I was like ready for it to happen. Like here, the just desserts moment, it all comes back. Um, You know, everything comes full circle Mm -hmm. and uh, we, you know, we, we find out about some things and, and then he dies. Um, Or, you know, like I knew about the, and I, I predicted the actual ending ending um, Mm -hmm. where he becomes, he becomes what, uh, he oversaw in the beginning, you know? Um, yeah. So, like, I don't think the ending really blew me away in any way. It's kind of what I expected. It was more... Yeah. I was more interested in how things evolved and developed. Honestly, I was really uh, interested once the movie left the circus because I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, mm. And uh, I th- it kind of turned into, like, the prestige or, like, uh, mm. the illusionist. Like, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, it became like a magician kind of a movie, and we were yeah. learning about like this magician that's blurring the lines between you know the real thing, and it's like you know uh, it's like spook ma- magic shows are not very far away from you know mentalist shows, and then which is not very far away from spook shows shit, um, and uh, it's really interesting to think about all that. And I was like seeing how his act developed, and then as soon as he started getting sucked into playing people out of their rich people out of their money, and just like you knew it was gonna end bad. And um, I do feel that the second half, uh, if anything, dragged. I don't, and honestly, very little drags for this as being a two and a half hour runtime. I'm super interested in the whole thing, but I would say in the second half, I was kind of like, like I said, I figured out where it was going. Um, and I'm just like waiting for the shit to work out with Dale Doback, um, the step stepbrother's dad, um, like that whole that whole like <laughs> arc of the film. Yeah, I was waiting for that to work out so then the film could end, and it just yeah. took a while. Uh, it was a little bit longer than I thought it was gonna be, and then I started ch- checking out a little bit, and then the ending came, and it was interesting, and then I was happy about it. Um, does that any of that um resonate with you? Um, yeah, a little bit. I I could say that. I got, um, but just the, I was so interested with all of the, um, the sessions with the psychiatrist or psychologist, um, in between. And then, uh, and then whenever the uh, Molly finds the little, like, uh, the sketch thing of her being drawn in it too, it just kind of added a little bit more tension that kind of kept me going a little bit. I didn't, I didn't for once feel like this movie was that slow or dragged at all. Um, I, I, and what I said earlier about like the ending made me enjoy the rest of it more. The the whole movie is great. Like it hooks you for like you said, the two and a half hours does not feel long. Um Yeah, it's no, just that... I, I didn't mean to imply that you didn't like the rest of it. I think that the ending just didn't have that impact for me. Go ahead. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but um the I liked all the flashback stuff that they did with uh, like how they did the flashback stuff with with uh, Bradley Cooper and his dad. Um, oh yeah, very little. They're very short yeah. and small, and they're sp- spread throughout, and that was good. They're, honestly, it's another good inf- good movie that has like slow uh, reveals of information. Mm-hmm. Um, um, not as just, not as just... slow as like Power of the Dog, but uh, yeah, but definitely a nice uh, like you're you don't know anything about Bradley Cooper, and you're kind of on the journey, uh, watching you know seeing what he's doing and learning more and more about him as the story progresses. Yeah. Until we find out that he's um, a big ass piece of shit. Yeah, he's just oh my god. The I, during the part where uh, where Pete dies, I was back and forth and like, was that intentional? It had to be intentional, right? Like, there's no way it wasn't an accident. Uh, to give him like the poison. Yes, yeah, the wrist said that too, and I was like, yeah, he was an alcoholic. And um, yeah, and I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt, and I think, um, I think that it wasn't not 
there was not supposed to be <laughs> like yeah yeah Riss yeah. was like yeah, I'm pretty sure he murdered that guy so when they revealed it at the end she didn't <laughs> wasn't surprised um yeah the uh yeah I, I like was rooting for Bradley Cooper probably for the first like a little over the halfway point until he started just getting like all about the money with the the Grindel guy uh, with Dale Dobak. <laughs> wow, you t- um, it took you all the way to Dale Dobak to uh Well because he was like cuz it, it was um no not Dale Dobak, the uh the judge, sorry, the, the judge. first uh, whatever so the first he, guy. Yeah, 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 the first When he first starts like yeah, yeah it's really the embracing like, we, the spook show. Yeah. Um because that was their whole thing was like, you know, there's the uh, you should you got to stop at a certain point or else you're going to get in too deep. Um, but yeah, he's kind of just the worst at the end of it, but he gets, like he said, he gets his just desserts. I wanted to ask you, how did you feel about Ron Perlman in his seventies kicking some at Bradley Cooper ass? Oh, and I liked that it. it was like a real thing. Like he was like, he's an aging strong man, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, is like his knees are shot and whatever. Yeah. I thought Ron Perlman was good. And there's a lot of, there's a few different actors in this that are in other Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro films dale doback is one we should probably should probably look up his name the actor's <laughs> name um and uh and uh ron perlman being the other um i'm surprised doug jones isn't in here somewhere um There's no monster i figured the monster was gonna like the geek was gonna be a monster and then it ended up being a real person like yeah, I like that there was no monster i like that this film was too. grounded and not uh like it was different for him it didn't rely on a, a really cool effect monster to carry it. Um, um, but uh, I don't know. There, I don't know. This this film's really good. Uh, I really like the mystery of it. Um, and it looks like there's not really a mystery to solve, but it's like just the where's this gonna go? It's very noir. Um, it mm. is so people are calling this a remake, and I think that's a, a slightly inaccurate. There was there is uh a film original 1947 film um that is called nightmare alley but they're both based on a novel so i think that the uh, all the shit around the actual official shit around the the new movie says that it is a adaptation of the book um and i was i saw people in comments after the oscar noms were announced and they're like a remake should not be nominated for uh best picture or a remake should not be nominated for oscars and like, cause mm-hmm. the people are probably they're mad that like No Way Home didn't get one or something. Yeah, oh, God. Um, I didn't see that, so I can't. And I heard it is good, but well, it um, is really good. But I don't think it's Oscar good. It's a different. Oh, you kind saw of good. it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Spider-Man, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We you, sometimes we need you to be our. Uh, yeah, it's. Man I mean, it's, it's it's fantastic if you're into the lore and everything. It's phenomenal. Like it, it gives you everything you want. But if you know if that's not into that world then it's like a just an exciting action movie but it's not oscar worthy like is it do like, would you say all right real quick this is just a quickie what let's just bury it inside our nightmare alley review would you say that it is better than um spider-verse uh spider-verse is one of the best superhero movies i think i'd say if it's in my top tied, it's not my top i would say if right top five if not tied with the top if it's not if spider-man into the spider versus the top it's not tied with it it would say it's it's either tied with it or slightly below and spider-man 2 is above both of those for me you know spider-man oh, for all okay. my spider-man think, movies it's spider-man 2 spider-verse question mark i would say spider-verse no way home spider-man 2 oh well then all right we're already fighting so uh <laughs> all right somebody i all right fuck it nightmare alley <laughs> so this a great cast Peter Parker dies great cast in this movie uh, and they kind of like use them in installments which I think is cool like Bradley Cooper Kate Blanchett uh, Rooney Mara Tony Collette who's great and everything I love Tony Collette um, Willem Dafoe is is doing Willem Dafoe shit and he's great um, Dale Doback's actor is Richard Jenkins um, ironically I don't know why that's ironically um, silly name, I guess. But uh, no, I know somebody. I know someone in my real life with that last name. I think that's. Oh, gotcha. That's what it is. Um, but uh, so it's a it's a it's a really cool freak show. If you're into like freak show stuff, this is definitely for you. 
Um, if it, 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 I think it really uh, captures that well. I definitely liken it to a freak show, uh, like pr- prestige kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as like big ass complicated twist that you have to like solve at the end, or like mm-hmm. retroactively solve at the end. But it is in that kind of a a vibe. Like it's it's, um, it's a little slower, but it's it's really interesting, and you're kind of and you're want to know how it's gonna f- unfold. And there's you know crime and and drama and and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. um but yeah. What, I wanted what, to talk about. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say I wanted to talk about the uh, the cinematography because and we can go in a little bit with Pan's Lab as well, just because of how Guillermo's style is with everything. But I would say this is out of everything I've seen the most like technically like crisp, sharp, clean. The stuff it, with Kate Blanchett and Bradley Cooper in the, her office, like when he's on the couch is just like, you see every little speckle of like skin wrinkle and detail and everything. And it's just with the blue and the orange and everything just mixed well. Um, this one felt a lot less like where I, I feel like uh shape of water felt a lot like stage lighting, like play lighting. This has that a little bit, but a lot more like stylized, if that makes sense. Like there's yeah, a lot I would more say that. shadow shape, a lot more saturation, like because there's always saturation in Guillermo's in Del Toro's movies, but this the one just color had palette it. is the same as I would say as Shape of Water. Yeah, it's like identical. Even Pan's Labyrinth yes. has that same color palette. Um, it's a little That's more, his, like, it's a little to. more gray, but uh, than green, but it's still very green. Um, mm. yeah, I, 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 I did. I really like the like you said during the therapist scenes. Like the her office is really beautiful. And it's like amber. Like uh, mm-hmm. there's like browns and golds and oranges in it, and it just turns. It just feels very like this amber room, um, and her uh, like her the chair, like the ottoman thing, uh, whatever it's called, not ottoman, um, like Chase Lounge. Lounge, yeah, the Chase, um, is like really stylized and and uh, it's like very sophisticated and and minimal, but then there's like a fucking um, you know, recording device thing in the wall and. Um, yeah, I really did think that was cool. Obviously the circus stuff was all right on point of, you know, what, um, what you'd expect with that creepy circus vibe. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, and then it gets to be like, it's, it takes place during the world, world war one just starts during the movie. Um, and it's like very, like he's in like rich. And once he gets, you know, out of the slums and out of the freak show world, he's, you know, in these rich places and, and mansions and, um, and he's, he's upper scale things versus the, the first half of the film. Um, and, uh, it definitely has like, it's very art deco and it's very, um, of the time. It has, it's like, it, it encapsulates that like stylized time really well. Yeah. I I was going to say the, on to add to that, the production design on a lot of his movies are so well done. Um, the attention detail, it's like how, um, it's like how I feel about Lynch's Dune, where there's just so much effort into all these, like the little details of the set to make it look a very certain way or a distinct way. And, um, it's just so unique, but at the same time, it still comes off as just like, this is his kind of movie. This is his kind of backgrounds. These are his kind of like production designs, like set design stuff. Um, it's just so good. It's like clean. Like even the parts that are supposed to look dirty and grime still feel clean. And like, which we'll get in more in Pan's Labyrinth, but um, it's uh, it's a great juxtaposition of just like the horror aspect with the clean look of the of the film at the same time with with so much of what he does. Um. Yeah, I don't know. If clean is a clean. I get technically, but I don't think like I think everything looks kind of gritty and dirty. Like uh, like especially like I think there's a huge juxtaposition in the first half of the film versus the second half of the film versus everything being dirty and then everything being clean and um like less faded and whatnot still the same color palettes but uh but yeah much much more um crisp um, yeah like like i like not it, like the 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 film itself is like not like textured like you would on like a on something a little more raw looking like a like a good time or something or it's it's very modern shot modern sharp lenses that everything is oh it wants to be like uh it wants to be very clear yeah yeah like yeah it's very, that's, that's what i mean like yeah it's, it's a good very ju- clean in terms of the picture but as far as what's on it um like it's it shoots you know 
dirty textured things and i think that is a nice um uh, juxtaposition it's kind of in a lineage of like dave uh, or tim burton or like uh especially pan's labyrinth gives big boy tim burton vibes um mm. and uh oh there's somebody else that's just on the tip of my tongue but uh but yeah do you think do you see that yeah oh for sure that's just, that's then that's a similar thing too because um even with Tim Burton's like um, take like Corpse Bride or something where it's it's very much like it's claymation it's and gritty and all that stuff but everything is so shot and well presented and everything is still lit properly but still has the mood to it. Um, yeah, he's a big guy about set design and stuff. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I definitely could see that as like inspiration for this kind of stuff. Um, um I think I'll, I wanted to say the subject matter of the film. Um, it very much is I think fits with today because we definitely live in a, I think a grifter society um, very much a lot of um, what the internet is and politics and whatever. It's a lot of grifting and just like mm-hmm. duping people. And it doesn't feel like we've come that as much as we're in the age of information with all with the internet and whatnot. We have not come much farther than people getting tricked by, you know, traveling salesmen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's uh web 3.0 baby. Yeah, this is definitely uh, this is definitely I think I don't I, I don't know if it, how on purpose it is but it has to like that must has to be kind of in mind just with how much grifting is uh, like the story of this movie the movie's not about I feel like it's more about grifting than it's about any like carnival like like circus carnivals freak shows uh, even about um like mentalist shit I think it's just more about sophisticated grifting because he talks about you know once Kate Blanchett comes in he's like you're no different than me you're just a a, a smart you know high end grifter but we're yeah. we're just speaking different languages but we do the same thing um yeah. it's definitely the core of the movie is about grifting yeah the um the, yeah especially cuz with the way the internet is with the dumb like nfts and things like that where everything's just like yeah you'd buy this now and then you mark it up and sell it and then you'll get a percentage of every time it's sold and all this it's all just sounds like even like politics like that's literally all of like trump shit is like based on lies and i mean not even just republicans but but boy in the conservative movement right now a lot of it is based on misinformation and tricking people into believing things that aren't true and if it becomes their reality then that's just as good you know, yeah, like, I mean, you even you still have people in Congress peddling QAnon shit, like. I don't think that the the don't think Donald Trump lost the election. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then they they create an insurrection. And yeah, we're living in this. We're still dealing the with grift. this. <laughs> I think that like there was a a period where things were more regulated in that regard, but the internet just kind of blew the whole you know whole thing open. Um, yeah. And we're living in a new grift age, um, which is fitting since it's the, you know, the early part of the new century. Crazy. We're almost a quarter of the way through. Um, uh, old. Anything, um, any other things you want to touch on with, uh, with this movie? Mm, no, I just, I just, I kind of wish we, we visited the, the, we do once for a small scene when a couple of the people come to visit Molly but I just wish there was more of the, the the cast from the carnival like mixed in towards the second half because I really I just like I like the cast of characters, um, but I, I do understand that you have to 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 serious it up and focus it in on just like it is a movie about Bradley Cooper essentially just like becoming his father. Well, when it um, was him, it was supposed to be like about him. He's elevating himself out of that small time shit. Yeah, you know, like he's yeah. and it's about you know growing beyond it and then he becomes full circle and not only does he return he is now the lowest man on that totem pole the possible lowest by being you know the geek and it's real what i wanted to ask you about the ending what did you think not about the ending but the um like when he replies about the like the geek job and he's like mister i was born for it it's Um, like laughing and crying yeah do you think that he's uh, somehow thinks he can beat it or do you think that he can't that he will like he's just like resigned himself to become this raving drug I, ad, I, drug addled madman 
Yeah, I think he's I think he's just accepting it as his fate. Uh, that this is what he's become. He's he's a drunk like his dad, and this is just like everything he did, all of his actions that he did to try to not become this led him to be this, and it just he's I, given I just up. It as, it's fate. Like yeah, there's no sense of fighting it. That's yeah, that's interesting. I I like that. Uh, I wasn't sure how I felt how to interpret it. That makes I I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, there. I feel like there's this movie's long and there's but it's really like. It's something that you should see for yourself, like just understand what the subject is and know that it is not circus freak movie the whole time. I think that is going to be a deal breaker for some people if they. And it's uh, not even like they snow dog. circus freak stuff. Like, there's no monsters. There's nothing actually gross or or creepy or anything. You know what I mean? It's like it's more about the behind the scenes of it. Yes, and it's the reality of of all this shit a little bit. Con man life, grift life, yeah, carny life. Etc. Um, yeah, so yeah, so I think if you go into it thinking it's gonna be a Guillermo del Toro monster circus freak vibe, um, it's not. It's just not. You're not gonna be pleased. You're not gonna be happy. It's it's, but it's still a really really cool story, and it's just a, a glimpse into a world that is super fascinating and um and I, it's not. You think that oh we've gone so far beyond this shit, like people are so much smarter now. Um, and they can Google things on their phones and take pictures and videotape everything and yada yada, but it ain't, it ain't enough. People are so stupid. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. Oh, you... that's, that's me for sure. But I'm still stupid. All but right. Anyways, uh, so what are you, uh, what are you thinking about this? What do you? I'm giving it a four out of five. That's what I'm sitting at. Uh, I originally it was that sitting around like a three and a half four, and then it like sat with me for the day, and I just like kept thinking about it more. I rewatched the scene, and it was uh, uh it's it's really good. It is it's very good. Um, I did, I, if you recall, Shape of Water, our first episode. I also gave a four out of five. Interesting. I kind of think, think that all, a lot of his his like more critical movies are, are like on that level and then it's like your Hellboys and Blades are like in the threes and two mm. two and a halves and three and a halves and whatnot. Um but yeah. Uh you what'd you say you gave it a four also? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. It's really good. It's really good. Doesn't have that I didn't have like an emotional, like deep connection or anything to give it that five, but it was still really good and recommend it. Worthy yeah, of the yes, yes. Um, definitely worthy. Uh, like when I first saw it, I was surprised when I saw it got nominated because of just like the vibe the internet was putting out about it. Um, but it is really good. Um, I don't, we did mention that Pete is played by David Strathairn. I don't know how you, is that's how you say that, but he is the love interest from Nomadland. Oh. He's very gray in this movie versus yeah. he's like he's like white haired in this movie versus in that. Yeah. Um, wow. But uh, but yeah, he's really good in this. Um, it, it, like I really liked Pete Pete's character. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting. I like Zena and Pete. Like as much as yeah, like I did like the rest of the movie. I was Zena and Pete were my favorite characters. Yeah, I completely forgot you get to see Bradley Cooper's dick in the uh, in the first scene with Zena. I didn't see it stick. It's in the in the water. You see, it's like goes, a silhouette, but it doesn't like, like you don't I mean, you actually see, see his between dick. Cube and cube and shaft there. I guarantee that's not his real dick. I guarantee that that's CG dick. Um, because you could easily yeah, just do that in the water, make it like a blurry cube dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of CG, because CG is going to be a big discussion in our next film. Because, uh, and I know that, like, CG should never, like, ruin a movie if the movie is good as written and as shot and as acted and et cetera. Um, but uh, this was one where the CG kind of really took it out, took me out of it a little bit. Um, really? I can't. I did not feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I can't lie to you. It didn't make me hate it or anything. I appreciated it. And just the seeing, the like, all the practical stuff was so good. But all the mm-hmm. CG stuff, which wasn't even the worst CG I've seen, it's just that it compared to the practical stuff, it looked so bad. And mm-hmm. I just, like, it takes me out of it. 
And uh, even if this is like a fantasy movie, it is very much a Alice in, creepy Alice in Wonderland is definitely the vibe um, that this movie is. And, um, and, it, and it, it succeeds in so many ways. But man, the there are some movies from the 2000s that CG does, you don't even hardly notice. I think the prequels are, obviously they were so ahead of their time, but man, the prequels look great. Probably pretty sti- pretty much still to this day. You really? I think Attack of the Clones did not hold up well. I I think the uh, battle droids and all that kind of stuff looks fine still. I haven't seen it in a few like literally just a couple years, but I remember being surprised on how well that looked versus like Matrix Reloaded with the Smiths clone fight and yeah. uh, and this and other things. Um, it looks like like low textures. Like the models are nice but the textures mm-hmm. are bad, um, which is kind of, you know, your Xbox 360, PS3 era uh, in a nutshell, and which this predates just by a little bit. Um, the the only CGI in this that I thought was, like, notice, noticeable to the point where I thought was bad was just, like, w- the first time the, the like, mantis stick bug turns into the fairy. The fairies look uh, not good. Around. Fairies, the, honestly, the stick bug was not terrible. And it just got more and more. The UCG it was like more and more. I was like, God, the frog looked not looked not good. The toad frog I, thing. Yeah, um, I didn't think that was that bad. I did not it like it. Um, the yeah, the fairies are the worst offender. But also towards the end, and this is more of a nitpick. But there's explosions um, that you see from like a far from a distance. It's two mm-hmm. of them, and both of them are CG. And they and because of this is more of I think because of 4K, um, there's like these really bad halos around the explosions. Uh, wow, and, I didn't notice that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, like artifacts almost like around the explosions, and uh, and and they're like they're in the distance, so you're not like seeing it up close mm-hmm. or anything. It's not like a deal breaker in any way. And honestly, none of this is even gonna make me um, downgrade the movie at all. Uh, but it is something that is was jarring and and was like immersion ruining, and I really just kept thinking, you have all these awesome practical effects. I would have loved to see more. And I know it's a budget thing; uh, it's probably cheaper at that point to do that CG than make, you know, you can't even make a giant frog monster or a giant or these fairies flying around or whatever. I understand, yeah. but um, it does date it uh, compared to other things. Um, I think there's a reason Star Wars, um, even with the the original Star Wars, it, like the reason why it holds up so well is because it's, it's like really good practical effects, mm-hmm. um, and like knowing where you can use special effects but not have it be immersion breaking. I guess. Yeah, it's like the what's the phrase is use CG to enhance practical, not to replace practical. Is like the best way to do it. Yeah, um, that's how I like it. Um, then we got to a, a place in the 2000s, like late 2000s, where it became cheaper to do CGI than practical, and everybody just wanted to do CGI to save money. Yeah, I mean, we're still kind of there. Um, yeah. It's, it's We're still kind of there. And I think uh, it takes a budget to do practical well um, or a smaller movie. Uh, I think it was like mm. Shape of Water, I think um, you were able to have the monster for the whole movie, not just in these small little bits, because... Um, because it was a lower budget. It wasn't as grand of a film, I think, as this or mm-hmm. a Nightmare Alley, even. Um, yeah, the but, budget uh, on this one's only $19 million, which for 2006 is still pretty low. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it just looks like that. The still big, though. The what? Um, the I said the Pins Lab, but the feels big, it still feels like big, like the production quality-wise. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, all the war, the military stuff looks good, and it's not like anything big. I think they avoided, you know, any big battle. Or it's all small town, small village uh, thing. Um, so, like, I don't think we gave any any kind of explanation about the movie yet. So it takes place um, during the, uh, uh, the first or during World War Two. And uh, the fascists in Spain um, have taken over, but there are still, um, you know, uh, resistance fighters fighting them. And it's kind of what we're really, that's what it's like all about. And the, 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 the protagonist, uh, her daughter, is she the, the daughter of the captain or is she, she, he's the stepfather, right? 
he's the stepfather. Yeah. Okay. She's the daughter of just the the wife. Um, yeah, but just the boy. The, yes. the baby is the son of the captain. Yeah, Emily. that I do know. Um, so the yeah, there's a baby. Uh, her mom is pregnant with this fascist captain's baby, and he's a big piece of shit. Um, as they establish many scenes throughout the film, and uh, and he you know, he's all he wants is to make sure that this baby is born, and you know he's putting all the resources to that, and it's you know kept the girl safe, you know, from harm. But all there's like secret resistance members all through their like house and like they're friends with all these different you know resistance people and um and then um her mom gets sick because of the you know something to do with the pregnancy she gets really sick and you know it ends up her going into this magic world um the 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 fantasy world which is fucking the ending is buck wild um I forgot about yeah. I'm just like just remembering the ending. Um, it's pretty wild, but, uh, how would you explain like the intro, how she gets introduced to the pan world? Um, well, she's, so the girl's into fairy tale books a lot. Like it's mentioned a bunch of times that she's too old to be reading the fairy tale stuff. And she reads the, the baby in her mom's tummy, a fairy tale story. Um, but she keeps noticing this little like stick bug that she keeps, that she thinks is a fairy. Um, I kind of, it looks like a like the size of a praying mantis, but like a stick, more of like those stick bugs, but with wings, I guess, something like that. And um, one eventually gets into her room on her first night of there because she's all scared uh, from hearing all the noises and winds from the new house. And uh, she's like, "Oh, you're are you a fairy? They look like this." And then the thing turns into like a humanoid fairy and leads her into the woods, and she's just like apprehensive but still cool with it. And then uh, then we run into the fawn. And just shit just gets buck wild from there. Yeah, the the fawn is super cool. Um, love uh the way he looks and uh yeah, really good. Uh, you know, one thing watching this movie, I was really surprised at how much Spanish that I know. Um, for having taken six taken six years of it, um, I was like really surprised at how much I understood. Um, but yeah, it's all I I it's all really really cool. It's a creepy Alice in Wonderland vibe. Um, honestly, a lot of my favorite parts, I think were with like the shit with the captain and, and like the people trying to resist and trying to like escape and running around and all that stuff. Um, that was like some of my favorite stuff. I like that stuff. I was so into the other world stuff and I really wish we got more of it. And I feel like we, uh, it, I mean, it's intentionally so, but you only really get her going to another world like twice, like one in the middle of one of the ending. Yeah. And, uh, so, or I guess three times if you count the tree. Um, but yeah. But it's yeah, so yeah. cool. And the whole time I'm just like, wow, the, like the, the whole thing of the whole thing's real until like the, the little ending thing or throws everything up for debate. But um, I just gave this so much of uh so much more like like these like heartful moments because you're just like this girl overcoming these things and making progress and she's like feeling it's like her distraction it's her escape from her like shitty life and everything and uh i i, I kind of wish there was more of that stuff in it but um uh, the none of that you you can't get any of that feel goodness without how yeah i don't think the movie would be the movie would without, not be the, the movie background. without if it was just yeah. it would be like a disney movie if it was like that um, I think um, what makes it special is how it is broken up into, um, like she goes on a little quest and then we have like the fallout and what's going on in the real world and, you know, for a little while. And then she goes on another little adventure and then we, you know, have this moment of what's, how it's changed the world. And, um, you know, she, um, her mom's getting better for a while and, you know, she, with this weird root thing that comes alive and, um, I think the way it is structured is what makes it such an interesting, it's like an easy watch because of that. Mm. Um, Cause it's just like, we're over here now and then we're over here now. And then like once, just when you're just starting to get, not even say bored of one, but like, you know, it's been in one for a while. You just switch back to the other and, and you're, you know, entertained. Um, I'll go, I wonder what's going on here. And then you go over there. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense um yeah i get that too i get that too i think i i uh because i forgot about the root part um because you could count that as a little bit something more otherworldly um 
but I just like I really liked uh, when she goes down in, in through the chalk door uh, to that monster at the big feast table. Like that world was so cool, and I wanted to see more of it. Which like it's a good thing that you know that the movie does to keep you hooked. Um, but the the monster design was just so creepy and so good. All the practical effects in this movie are so good. Um, everything is uh convincing and real like the eyeballs popping into the, the hands and stuff like a, that like that cgi worked um wait the eyeballs me, popping on the hands yeah yeah when the dude takes the eyeballs and puts it and then puts them in his hands and then he's like looking around that's 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 uh practical i'm pretty sure the eyes moving around in the hands i don't know the eyes walking. moving but the eyes on his hands are definitely practical yeah yeah I'm talking I look, about, like, I, it's on the screen right now <laughs> Well, I, I can't see this. I know, but I'm looking at it is what I'm saying. <clears throat> but uh, I'm talking about like when he's walking and the eyes are moving around, darting around and stuff. Like, I didn't know if that was practical or I, I assumed it was CG. Um, well, yeah, I'm sure they could just make, they're just white eyes. You could just use white eyes and then put the red dots moving around. Um... I guess I don't know if it take like an animatronic or what, because the hands have to be wide open. No, I'm saying like if they yeah. if they had white eyes, they could easily put the red dot of CG on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they could do that. Um, but, I, yeah, uh, that's exactly the shot you're talking about. It's just the, like I'm looking at like a million pictures of this guy, and it's definitely real eyes. Yeah. Um. What I want to say about that scene though was, uh, uh, man, was it horrific when that thing eats two of the fairies. Because uh, you think it's gonna cut away or something, it just shows like the ripoff and like there's so much of this movie that has like the violence and gore to it, but everything with the girl, not everything, but like a lot of stuff with the girl makes it feel like it's like a different kind of movie. And then just going back and forth does such a good yeah, job. Yeah, it's definitely like, an uh, R-rated. Yeah, um, I didn't know. I said it before. Didn't know it was R-rated going in, um, and pleasantly surprised because it's, it's it gets gory, it gets it gets gritty, and it's. Uh, such a good job going back and forth between the two. Yeah, like, there's a lot of, of juxtaposition, like the brutal aspects of the real world, and then like there's the, the this fantasy world isn't all like fun, you know, like it's it's dangerous and and whatnot. Um, uh, just like everything looks so good. That that scene probably with the Eye Man is probably my one of my favorites. Um, was probably my favorite of all the um, fantasy world stuff. Um, just how everything looks and whatnot. Yeah, the um, I this is a dumb question, but who's Pan? Is Pan the name of the fawn? The fawn is Pan. Yes. All right. Does he ever say it? I don't think he ever said it. It's like a mythology thing. And okay, I don't think. I, and I, honestly, I don't know if it was like going in that direction or if it was his own thing. And that well, in 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 the cast, it just, he is listed as just the fawn, but Pan is a mythological fawn. Gotcha. Uh, he's a god. Yeah. He's a, a like a fawn god. Was that in the Greek mythology? The, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the ending was got me real in the feels. I was real sad. Uh. From both like the last like the big the big uh, moment that happens when she gets shot. Um, but then also uh, when it goes into the fantasy thing, cause it like, got my hopes. I was like, Oh, maybe this stuff is, you know, it is real, whatever. And then it cuts back to her just dead with all the people around. And it was just, Oh, so sad. This had that emotional moment that I needed. It was done so well. Cause I didn't think it was going to go in that direction. I thought that it was just gonna, you know, we're going to see like some underworld shit. And uh, maybe somebody would come in and save her or something, and just no. Oh, I think that's what makes the ending good. Is that like you're meant to question if it's real, if any of it was real or not? Um, like if like it's just she just died and that was that, you know? Um, yeah. Like it wasn't any of the magic stuff that saved the day in the end, you know? She just died, and um, the resistance people killed the captain, and then that was it. Yeah. The do you think that it was real or do you think it was just in her head? I think it I think it's it's real, um because it's so much. But I think mm. that like it but it is meant for you to question it, you know. Like and then mm. like 
the the afterlife that we see is it just you know what she's imagining right before she dies yeah um that kind of stuff what keeps me in the i think it's a real camp is the because of the root thing like when the baby root thing died that and her book like lit up that's like with the red then her mom like started having red like blood come out of her yeah um, yeah well that was yeah oh i like that because it was like seemed like it was going to be everything was fine everything's going to be all right her mom's going to be okay and then it's like oh fuck it's all going to be bad and mm-hmm. now it's just you know she needs to escape for herself and take this baby with her her brother you know if she can and uh and like yeah the movie kind of the goals of the film kind of change like you realize it isn't going to be happily ever after at that point um, yeah. Which is what was well, another thing that is good about it. It was really cool about it. Um, yeah, it was a nice. Uh, it it definitely um, uh, subverted my expectations uh, for sure. And even with this being you know from '06 and how many things we've seen since, it was still. I feel like everything uh, subverts your expectations. I was. I, I don't like know. You I, always I, have for you. You know, I want to talk about this because I feel like you're like I. You're like I never read anything. I never. You know, go into it. I think you watching trailers beforehand is bad. If you're oh, gonna watch, if if you're gonna watch a trailer, then you have to read the synopsis. You're not like not the, the whole uh, plot synopsis, but like the blurb that they put with the movie, because that yeah. gives you way more a better a way better idea of what the movie actually is than watching a trailer where they snow dog you. I feel like you get snow dogged more the often time I- than most. The only time I watch trailers is when we actually go to the theater, but I, I never look the trailers up for the stuff we're about to see. I just like, uh, like it's very the, rare that I've seen the trailer beforehand. I don't know. There, uh, I feel like there's been multiple examples recently where you're like, I thought that this is what the movie was because of well, like, you know, you the things a, that I, I saw of- going into it. So I formed an idea of what I think this movie is, and then it's a hard time grappling with it once you actually watch the movie that it is not this movie that you think it's going to be. But I don't do that that often, though, because I don't. I honestly, God, I, don't I feel like I've brought it up on. Uh, I mean, the tape. We have to go back on the tape, but I feel like I've brought it up on the episode a good few times. Because you, because you, because there's times where I, I think the movie's gonna be a certain way, and then it isn't. Like while I'm watching it, and then you ask me if I watch the trailer or anything, or if I was. I guess that's true. Like, but but even if it's like going off of the beginning. Like sometimes the like red herrings and whatnot are a thing. Like if it feels like it's this genre and it's gonna go like this genre, then you know sometimes it's gonna go the opposite way, or it's gonna change into something else and be a different movie. Like the mm-hmm. genre doesn't constrain it to what it's supposed to be. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. If you, I, maybe you're not really doing that, but that's like on. I I keep uh, feel like I keep hearing that. No, I, well, last week was I watched the trailer for 20th Century Women after I watched the movie because <clears throat> when I was reading about it. Yeah, no, I didn't mean that one because the last mm-hmm. episode was. I'll say that was the most recent one. No, it wasn't uh, last free, episode. But it was uh, about movies yeah. you didn't like, uh, I think. And but uh, but it's uh but it's all right. No no big deal. But I I, I keep I was thinking about you thinking that Nightmare Alley was going to be a, a circus movie. For the whole thing, and it's definitely because, and I think other people are gonna have that problem too if they just watch the trailer. Um, yeah, I said I hoped it would be, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't know what it was all gonna be about. I mean, you just see the uh, the post, the movie poster is the only thing I saw in the theaters, and I just thought it reminded me of the Death in the Nile. Poster. They played they played the trailer at like several of the films that we've seen in theaters. They played it at Belfast. I show up like. Right as the trailers, I played ended. it at Eternals, part, I think. But I don't know. Maybe I did see this one. I don't know. I don't remember. It's not a big deal. None of this is a big deal in any way. Yeah. I was just curious. Um, I wanted to push a little further into that because I mentioned it, mentioned it before. But that, yeah, no, no problem. Um, all right. So I, I had no expectations with any of these films, and uh, I feel like I just, I'm, I really, it's, it's, it's a practice thing, but I really. The blank slate thing, even when I read something or, or take something in, I really try to just be like, do I like this or not, you know? Um, and it is a hard, it's a hard thing to do. Um, and uh, you might, you probably are already doing it. But all right, what, so Pan's Labyrinth, what do you think? What are you giving this? 
Unless you have something I... else you wanted to say about it. Uh, oh, oh, this is a silly thing, but the uh, pay attention, turn your speakers up as soon as they get with the captain's people and the soldiers and stuff. It is the squeakiest movie anytime those people are doing anything. I didn't and notice this, and like, I watched it on my monitor. Like, I watched it in my computer, so I had my oh, studio I, monitor. That's the first thing I noticed, and I could not unhear it. Just like, uh, especially when they're walking in groups around on like the. Uh, more establishing shots it's just oh here's a like that leather crunch and squeak it's not like a high-pitched squeak it's more like that like uh like when you clench a leather glove and you hear that yeah freaks yeah it's like that but all the time fascists with their boots yeah that's fascists love boots and gloves man that's their thing Um, so what are you giving uh, it uh i think four and a half really i want to give it a five Really? But I, for some reason, it's stopping me from giving it a five. I'm no objections. For just I, let me just get that right out of the way. No objections. It's really good. I it was so good. Like the ending was very good. Both these I, movies, great endings that make me like the rest of the film more. I am giving it a four, also. So all three of these films, uh, Shape of Water, which we did in the episode one, um, Nightmare Alley, and this, I all give fours. They're all great. They're all great. Um, I don't really know uh, what, how, I think I like, I said, I like shape of water the best. I think I probably like this second best. Um, but, but nightmare alley also is, is right up there. Um, so I'm really, yeah, the, the, this is, um, for somebody who has a lot of range, I think this is like three, three really good movies to watch from him because they have a lot of connective tissue and they're definitely on like the more critical side versus his more like fun pulpy movies like Hellboy or blade Two. Um, so yeah, check them out for sure. Do you think this is the last question I wanted to ask? Yeah. Um, do you think that if the girl from Pan's Labyrinth wouldn't have died, she would grow up to become the girl from Shape of Water? Um, this sounds like a like meme that involves Goku somehow. What? <laughs> like this memes are like they're trying to like make crossovers happen. It sounds like a a, a game theory on YouTube episode. I don't, as soon as I thought about it, I was like, oh man, the remind she the little girl's look like reminds me of the 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 lady's look in Shape of Water. And I was like, well, she's she has this monster upbringing from a kid from eating these things. Maybe that's why she falls in love with the the fish monster. Yeah, later. yeah. Um, um, yeah, maybe. I think the time might not match up, fiction. right? I don't think the, uh, I don't know what year um, Shape of Water is supposed to take place in, but I imagine oh, all of his films 60s. seem to always take place around the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, they definitely oh. are uh, dark-haired uh, female protagonists. It's set in 1962. You are right. Yeah. So she. See, the fa- I'm, I'm gonna have to make a fan. Though I will say that Sally Hawkins is probably older. Is probably older than 25 or something. In in. Uh, oh yeah, she's probably in her like mid to late 30s. Um, in that movie, she's 45 now. Um. All right. All right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. So, do we want to just move on next week into our the Oscar? Ketchups, or do we want to uh, knock something else off? Um. Well, how soon are the Oscars? So I looked that up. I think the Oscars are in early March. Hold on, let me look that up. I mean, March seventh, March twenty seventh. So we got uh, over a month. So we don't have to oh, do okay. it right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, say, uh, we what? Coda, Drive My Car, King Richard. West Side Story. Yeah, we have four films um, to watch. Um, it's Red Rock. Red Rocket is now on demand. We could finally do Red Rocket. Oh, yeah, I'd be down. That's that in Florida Project, right? Yep. Yeah, I'd be down to do that. I know. I know. We keep saying we're gonna eventually do older movies and not keep doing new ones, but there's just so much heat. So much heat. Um, so yeah, it is now on Amazon Prime and Voodoo for thirteen doll hairs. So maybe we can link up for that one. Um, but all right, I so yeah, now you got it. Next week, Red Rocket in the Florida Project, directed by Sean Baker. Uh, lo- I've seen Florida Project; it's amazing. And 
I'm excited to see the return of uh, Dirt Nasty, mm-hmm. Simon Rex himself. And uh, yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say, you want to plug before I give us the outro business? Uh, no, not right now. Uh, just working on stuff in the background. Got to go to L.A. tomorrow. Side uh, of that. All right. Well, make sure you circle you circle around and follow the Best Boys Film Pod that we're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Um, uh, so I'm Slob Thomas on all the things. He's Corey with a story with a K. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, and do all the things that you're supposed to do. And uh, big ups to BB Guns for our new uh, our new theme song. <laughs> and uh, so make sure you check that out called Valley. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Um, um, oh, oh, I guess we'll talk about this off. So I'll see you next week. We're gonna talk about Oscars though soon. See ya, Bert. <laughs>